In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi salli ala nabiyika daiman Lihaadhi dunya wa basin saani Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu ahdahu la shurika lahu Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم We have been discussing the refutation of the Trinity from the writings of the Promised Messiah al-Islam and so far I have gone through seven arguments or uh, you can say reasons why we as Ahmadi Muslims do not believe in the Trinity. Today, I will take you through the 8th, 9th and 10th argument from the writings of the Promised Messiah The reason why I'm going to give you all three at once is because they are related to one another. And that is, you know, broadly speaking, what we're talking about is the internal inconsistency within the trinity christians believe in you know as i have talked about it before as well they believe in god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and they say that these are three are persons in one being and the being is god almighty but if you think closely and more deeply there are problems within this uh, doctrine one of the problems is that it goes against some of the attributes of God Almighty that we know of. For instance, one of the attributes of Allah is that He is one. He is Wahid. You know, when we say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Qul Allahu Ahad, say He is Allah, the one. Now, the oneness of God cannot be established with the Trinity. And I'm not talking about you know, the three in one and all that, we've talked about that already. What we are talking about is that if God the Father is God, and if God the Son is also God, then the problem is that uh, the oneness, the uniqueness of God is no longer something that remains. It is broken. The, the, the perf- perfect oneness is lost the moment we uh, go into this possibility of some kind of division. And and so one of the attributes of God, you know, and the same would happen with the other attributes of God, right? God is the creator. Was it the son who created or was it the Holy Spirit who created or was it the father who created? The problem is that according to Christians, it was God the son who created. So what was God the Father doing? What was God the Holy Spirit? So it, it gets into these problems with the attributes of Allah 
being divided and uh, losing their uniqueness or their oneness. That's argument number eight. Argument number nine is that um, the, the, the attributes would not just lose their uniqueness, but there would be a tension or conflict between the different attributes of Allah. And the promised Messiah regarding this, this is something that came up in his debate, the Holy War, Jang-e-Muqaddas, and the debate that he had with uh, Abdullah Atham. And, and I, I will read one short quotation and then translate it. The promised Messiah says, Jabki ye tino shaks or tino kamil or tino me irada karneki sift mojudhe ab irada karnevala ibn irada karnevala rule kudus irada karnevala to pirhame samjauke bawajud is hakiki tafrike itahade mahiyat kyunkar. Promise Messiah states that when we have three persons and we consider all three of them to be perfect. And we consider all three of them to be uh, to be those who can uh, who can act, or those who can those who have the ability to act according to their will. Uh, the Father can act, the Son can act, and the Holy Spirit can act. Then you tell us that how can they be united despite? having this ability to act. You know, what is the argument that all three of them are united in purpose or united in uh, in their will? Because each one of them has its own willpower, uh, uh, you know, because each one of them uh, is, is God, basically. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So each one of them has the ability to act in a certain way. So where is the argument then that comes that they are all united or that they will not act against one another? The Promised Messiah also states that this uh, three-part three God or Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity, is strange. Uh, they tell us that each one of the persons has different roles to play. Uh, and in that sense, each one of them would be incomplete or uh, would not be perfect. And I have seen, you know, in my own interactions with Christians, when you ask them to explain the Trinity and what is the purpose of, you know, the three in one and all that, they will say that the three persons have different roles. You know, God the Father does something else. God the Son does something else. God the Holy Spirit does something else. So it's some kind of division or some kind of sharing of, responsibilities is going on among the three. Now, if that is going on, then that means that, uh, you know, if God the Son has certain responsibilities, then that means that he is incapable of doing those other responsibilities or there's some defect. Or if God the Father is uh, doing certain things that and not doing other things, that means... So it means that it is an incomplete Right? God the Father is not complete. God the Son is not complete. God the Holy Spirit is not complete. So you are presenting to us an incomplete or imperfect uh, concept of God. Right? The whole idea of God, the whole concept of God is a being who is perfect in all of his attributes, 
who is the most powerful, who is the all-powerful, who can do whatever he wills, who has the ability and the power to do whatever he wills. So now you're telling us, well, no, this is a division and God the Son does some things and God the Holy Spirit does other things. So it makes it an incomplete image or perception or concept of God Almighty. That's the ninth argument. So you can see how it is basically the theme is the same. The tenth argument uh, is an, an extension of this. If the three persons in the Trinity, if each one of them is God, uh, you know, because they themselves say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, then the combination of three should make them a more perfect God. The problem is that Christians do not accept that either. They do not say that God the Father, along with God the Son, along with God the Holy Spirit, combined make a perfect God. If you say that to a Christian, he will not agree with that. Or at least if uh, you're talking to a pastor or some someone who is well-versed in Christian thinking and theology, they will not agree with that. You know, maybe ordinary Christians don't think this far, but if you take this to them and, you know, they, this is something that they can take to their pastors and ask them. If God the Son is there, it's all-powerful. God the Holy Spirit is there, independently powerful. Because they call them co-equal, right? They say God the Father is equal to God the Son, who is equal to God the Holy Spirit. So if they are all co-equal, right, uh, equal to one another, if you combine them, they are supposed to become a greater God. This is another flaw in Christian theology because it will not say the Christian theology will not say that they have become a greater God. Right? So why does that happen? That's another question for the Christians. That why does this not happen? That when you say that God the Father is all-powerful and you are omniscient and uh, omnipotent. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, um, you know, all-powerful basically. And he is all-seeing and he's able to do whatever he wills and God the Son is also all-powerful and he's able to create and do whatever he wills and God the Holy Spirit is also all-powerful and is able to do all that uh, he wants. So if, if you combine the three, why does it not create a greater God? If you combine three all-powerful persons, why doesn't the combination of the three make them a more powerful entity? or being, or whatever you want to call it, right? So there are multiple flaws in, in this theology and in this concept and in this doctrine, um, uh, you know, and the Promised Messiah says exactly this. He says, In kamalon ke milne ke baad ya milne ke lehaas se jo ishtamai halat ka ek zururi natija hona chahiye, wo kyun us jaga paida nahi hua? Which means that th these perfect persons after they combine with one another or connect with one another, the end result should be that they should become a more perfect uh, being. Why does this not happen here? The Promised Messiah Islam asks this question. And this is also something that he asked in his debate with Dr. Abdullah Atham. So this is a summary of the three, so you can consider the three arguments that we have studied today, you can even consider them as one argument 
that is basically about the internal inconsistencies within the the three persons of the godhead right christians call it godhead right the three persons in the godhead why isn't the godhead greater once the three persons are combined right so there is no addition going on and there is no, so it gets very confusing when it comes uh, to this concept uh, and when we think about it this way all right and um, it goes back to the same statement of uh, henry martin clark which he gave in this uh, debate as well is that the multiplicity in the in in the unity of god is such a matter that no one has ever been born who has understood it fully so at the end of the day christians have to call it a mystery or call it some something that they cannot explain so that's how absurd it can become when we think about it deeply okay so now we can open it up to question and answers Muhammad Muhammad Muhammadur Rasulullah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Salli ala nabiyyina Salli ala Muhammadin Salli ala حبيبنا صلى 